late last night trying to put some things in place for that concert, and I think it's affecting us a bit. So you're going to make up your mind that you're not going to be distracted as I start to preach. You know, just take it as the Holy Ghost, you know, helping us with this service. And anything that is out of place must be an angel. <laughs> uh, I'm just sharing with you the kind of mindset I keep to be able to function when things are. I just, I just zero into that scripture that says, "For we know." Romans 8 and uh, 28, we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I want you to let me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's the best week of your life so far. Because God is showing up for you this week. I said God is showing up for you this week. Tell your neighbor as you step into a new month, you're stepping in with grace. You are stepping in with the hand of God. Uh, say the second quarter of this year will bring you into newness. It will bring you into increase. And nothing around you will remain the same. In the precious name of Jesus. Praise God. One more time, let's appreciate Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, Firstly, I want to encourage everyone in this service this morning and even the people that will still join us that you should do your best to be at the Night of Increase on Friday. It's a quarterly vigil. Um, it affords us the opportunity of really praying heartfelt prayers. The Bible says that uh, that's the kind of prayer that brings changes. Said so the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. So you want to go get into the second quarter of the year, uh, engaging the power of God the way you've never done before. And the night of increase will then give that opportunity uh, because it's some um, extensive, you know, praying time and really praying from your heart. That's what we do. If you've ever been at night of increase before, you will know that it's some serious prayer. Yeah. And apart from that, it also affords us the opportunity of ministering to people's needs uh, the way that we're not able to do practically in um, a weekend service like this. So if, if you also have people who have needs around you, uh, physical healing, any kind of situation that requires maybe a prayer of agreement, that requires a move of the Spirit over their lives, then I want to encourage you uh, to bring them in. But much more than that, you come, come expectant, come ready to pray and to seek the face of God. Praise God. I said praise God. So if you're in this city this Friday, there's no better place to be than here at the Pieces Conference Center, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Um, it's a time of prayer. Praise God. Now, somebody may be thinking, so we're going to just stay awake all night? Yes. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't want to take it for granted that everybody's used to that. Yes. And we're going to pray. It's just good to do that once in a while. Praise God. I said, praise God. I also would like to encourage before I get into the word this morning uh, that we should be sensitive to what is going on in our environment, especially in our city. Uh, uh, this, uh, the release of the spirit of suicide and the spirit is getting it's on the increase. So I want to encourage every one of us, uh, apart from praying in church, which we would continue to do for our nation, for our city, that we also start to pray and address that spirit. 
Uh, you don't want to wait until it's too close for comfort. All right? Because you may just be reading the news and you'll be thinking it's just one of those things. It's not one of those things. Yeah. It's not one of those things. You know, there was a time in this country where even comedians used to crack jokes around suicide bombing and say Nigerians cannot bomb themselves. And within three to four years of all that, our joke, we started seeing it manifest. Yeah. And, and, I mean, right here in this country, we have people... I mean, we say Nigerians are not like that. You know, we can't... And now it's a, it's a common place. Yeah. And it's the same thing. You know, people used to joke, comedians used to joke, when you go to a bridge in London or Europe, you see somebody say, I'm going to jump. I say, don't jump, you know. Now it's here. Yeah. And there are certain spots where such spirits just loiter around. And people drive past, and the suggestion on their mind is, that's a good place to end it. Yeah. And the moment one person's story goes out, another person starts to think about it. Because in this past week, uh, the number increased. Yeah. And if we just think it's one of those things, uh, for us, two things that I want you to understand. One, we have to handle it as a spiritual thing. So you need to also take out time to pray. And we are together, we arrest the spirit of suicide over our city. And I want you to also know that what happens in Lagos gets into other parts of the country. Yeah. So if we arrest this air and we deal with it here, the way we dealt with Ebola, it won't cause trouble in other places. Yeah. Secondly, is that I needed to be conscious of your emotional state as a person. Because there are certain suggestions that cannot land in your mind if you are okay spiritually and emotionally. Yeah. So we watch out for ourselves and watch out for our neighbors. For you, I want to encourage you to uh, if you really want to be a part of this church, then you should get, you know, locate yourself within our pastoral uh, care uh, structures. Yeah. So you see that you, you there, there's always so many people to talk to. Yeah. And if you have issue with trusting people, then you need to deal with it. Because the Bible encourages us to bear one another's burdens. So if you don't have to talk to anybody about your situation, that will not be written in the Bible. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Because some people just say, Look, you know, I just, I just feel I can resolve my issues. I don't like talking to anybody. And that's what results into making room for such spirits to manifest. You are not, uh, uh, you are not a superman. I don't know how to put it. Yeah. All of us need help once in a while. And you need to come to, it's time you, you know, you, you, you come to terms with that. Yeah. So, if you are not within the connect group system, get yourself in there. Yeah. If, if, you, if that is not really working for you right now, don't make any excuse. There are so many other ways. You, are, you work within a unit. The unit head is there. You report to a minister or a pastor. There are so many people to talk to. Yeah. Some of us are far away from family. That's why I'm saying church then becomes that family. And some people here... Well, you, you, you're struggling with family for the sake of, you know, God's original agenda. Resolve issues with family. Because that's where some of the pressures come from. Because the moment somebody feels alone, then it becomes something that the devil leverages on to afflict. So, let's pay attention to the pastoral care structures that we have here. And, the, you know, uh, um, and ask for help. We have the tech help the phone lines, and the different things that you can engage. 
and you can encourage other people around you who are not even members of this church to engage some of our structures to get help. It's very important. Um, and when it's something that requires professional help, we're willing to refer people to where they can get professional help. In a few weeks or you know, so, we're also going to um, expose our leaders to professionals to talk to us, train us on how to handle um, some kinds of counseling and some kinds of emergency situations. So we're preparing for this. And I just want you to, to get in there and make the best of what we have here as a church. Praise God. I said praise God. Um, look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, say I'm your brother or I'm your sister. I say I will watch out for you. So when I ask you certain questions, uh, don't get angry with me. Uh, yeah. You know, so if, you, if somebody, you come to church and somebody asks you, how was your week? Don't just say, don't disturb me. We're asking because we want to know. We want to care. One of the things you should get when you come to church is a feeling that I'm, with, I'm within family. And I can onboarding. Yeah. We have a counseling unit, you know, after first service, second service, every Sunday in the prayer room, they're there. They've been trained to counsel. They're not just people that we just pick off the cuff to sit there. No, they're ministers. They have been trained to counsel. Let's take advantage of that. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron, and a brother will sharpen the countenance of his friend. That's what the scripture says. And when somebody remains dull for a long time, demons start to lock around them. Yeah. Depression will come. And that's how the spirit of suicide, you know, gain a foothold. Praise God. Uh, there will be no mention of such around us. In the precious name of Jesus. We're rounding off um, on the Sunday, uh, the teaching on, uh, on, the, on faithfulness, financial stewardship, uh, faithful and fruitful. We've been on this for the past uh, four weeks. And the, the, this week, we're rounding it off completely in uh, uh, two services, Sunday and uh, Wednesday. And I'm just going to attempt to put everything all together this morning as we round off uh, in this uh, message. Our anchor scriptures from Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28 and, um, and 20. Um, a faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he who is to be rich will not go unpunished. So we said it's um, a faithful man that will abound with blessings. A faithful man will abound with blessings. Um, he who makes to be rich will not go unpunished. So we've been talking about financial stewardship, what God expects of us, how to deal with the spirit of greed, and how to embrace God's principles when it comes to my attitude towards money and material possession. Uh, the more I, I attempt to preach, I just feel that something is drawing me back. I don't know that it's the spirit of the women in this house. It's Mother's Day, right? And um, you know, something is drawing me. I, just, I, can, I can feel that. And then I also got a message saying, ah, Mother's Day. Ah, so, okay, Mother's Day. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. I know Pastor Samson recognized that today is Mother's Day, and I think it will just be in order uh, for all of us men in this house. I know we do this twice a year, and because do it twice a year, we don't mind. Yeah. The, uh, our mothers and ladies deserve double honor. Yeah. Because I was asking my wife this morning, is this British or American? And she said, it must be British because it's not very loud. The American edition is usually louder. It's stronger in the media. I want all the men in the house. Can you please stand with me? All the men in the house. 
all the men in the house. Yeah, if you're a real man, not that somebody's suggesting to you that you're a man. <laughs> uh, um, I want us to, if you're far away from the ladies or they're in front of you or behind you, I just want you to stretch forth your hand towards a woman as I pray. Just stretch forth your hand towards them. You can turn around, look for a lady around you. And I just want us to pray this in agreement as men in this house, blessing our women. Can we do that together? Let's pray. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all the women, mothers, mothers to be, mothers in waiting that you have given us in this house. Today we proclaim a blessing over all the mothers in this house and we declare in the name of Jesus that their hands shall be made strong, that you will strengthen their heart and strengthen them in our innermost being and you will help them to fulfill the calling for motherhood in the name of the Lord Jesus. That as they bless and raise new generations, you will cause your grace and your blessing to abound towards them. Whatever stand between them and fulfilling this assignment in in a honorable manner, today we cause such off in the name of Jesus. We disallow pain in their lives. We disallow sorrow in their lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus, there's any woman here at the Elevation Church or here present right now who is yet suffering a heartache, we declare this morning that your healing power rests upon them and that your grace rests upon them in the name of the Lord Jesus. We call them blessed. Blessed beyond a curse. Whatever is plaguing women around the world, mothers around the world, we declare this, our mothers in this house have escaped supernaturally. So we decree that their hand is made strong to fulfill their destinies in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Can we all appreciate them? Don't be too quick to sit. I want us to appreciate our women. Praise God. Praise God. Please, you may have your seat. You may have your seat. Um, It's always a pleasure to do this. Uh, uh, You know, like I said, twice a year, just appreciating them. Um, We'll also wait for our own time. Praise God. Yes. Our time is coming and we should uh, And I'm sure they will appreciate us too. Uh, by the way, one of the banks sent us um, um, cake for the mothers to celebrate Mother's Day. I think it's Access Bank. Yeah. The cake will be available after the service for ladies to, yeah, to take. And men who like cake. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, Proverbs 28 and verse 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who is to be rich will not go unpunished. A faithful man will abound with blessings. He who is to be rich will not go unpunished. Um, there's a blessing for faithfulness in all areas of life. And there's a blessing for faithfulness, especially in the area of our finances. We also read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 20 and 21. Uh, which says, lay up treasures for yourself uh, where uh, nothing, the thief cannot come, the moth and the rust does not corrupt. Uh, Say, don't lay up treasures for yourself here on earth, but in heaven where nothing corrupts. And it says for, in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 6, it says, for where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be also. We say there's a direct connection between our spiritual life and our attitude towards money and material possession. And the fact that Jesus, out of his, um, of, I think about 40% of his parables, uh, were on money and material possession. 
it then shows us that it's something that Jesus takes seriously. Yeah, Jesus spoke about money and material possession more than he spoke about prayer, more than he spoke about fasting. It doesn't mean that prayer and fasting are not important, but there's one thing that he said can compete with the place of God in the heart of a man. He said you cannot serve God and mammon. He didn't even place the devil at that level. There was no place in the Bible that Jesus placed the devil as a competitor to God. No. He, he gave us a mindset. For instance, he, he was speaking to his disciples. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Yeah. Uh, that, that doesn't look like somebody that should compete with God with us. Yeah. Paul writing somewhere, he said, the God of peace will soon put Satan underneath your feet. When somebody is underneath your feet, you mash them. Abi, am I saying the truth? Like we say in this part of the world, you mash <laughs> I don't know where we got that from. Anyway, <laughs> you know, so the devil is underneath our feet. The devil, the only thing that Jesus said can take the place of God in the heart of a man is mammon. He said you can't serve God and mammon. That's how important it is that I master money and material possession so that it doesn't take the place of God in my life. Uh, um, if you were not in church last Sunday, I want to encourage you to get uh, the message for last Sunday, which was how to be rich, how to be rich the proper way. There's a wrong way to be rich, and not to be rich towards God. There's a good way to be rich. Those are some of the things that we have looked through, you know, in this series. We're wrapping it all up today with multiple streams of blessings. Multiple streams of blessings. The fact that there are different blessings for different kinds of gesture, or different ways to be faithful, or different ways of giving. And some people think that it's just one way to get a blessing from God. There are many ways, there are multiple streams of blessings and different things that we do then opens us up for different avenues to get blessed by God. Can somebody say with me today? Proverbs 11 and verse 24 and 25. Proverbs 11 verse 24 and 25. There's one who scatters and yet increase more. And there is one who withhold more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul shall be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. There is he that scatters, the scripture says. He that scatters. It, 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 the, the symbolism of that action is almost like, you know, you're just spreading. And it speaks to multiple channels, you know, that you can, you can actually, you know, release, knowing that there are multiple opportunities to be blessed, multiple streams of blessings that come from God. Uh, um, uh, I love the, the, uh, the New Living Translation of Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. It says, give freely, become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. So the path to receiving is still giving. As we round off this talk on I mean, financial stewardship and faithfulness, we need to remind ourselves that the path to receiving is still giving. The bulk of what we have said has been about dealing with greed and placing money and material possession where they belong. But we need to remind ourselves that the pathway to giving, I mean to receiving, is still giving. So uh, you walk the covenant of increase by embracing the spirit of generosity. It's the liberal soul that will be made fat. So the covenant of increase is activated by generosity. Apart from the fact that I want to be faithful towards God, I want to be a good steward of God's resources, you also need to understand that the way to activate the covenant of increase 
is to be a generous person. To be a generous person. To be a generous person. So it's, it's, it's extremely important that we keep that at the back of our mind. So we're supposed to lay up treasures, not on earth, but in heaven. But the truth about laying up treasures in heaven, like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20, is that you, you can't wait until you are going to take it with you. Because he said, we, bring, we brought nothing to this world and we will not go with anything. Yeah. First Timothy chapter uh, 6 and uh, reading from verse 7. Yeah. Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing to this world and we will not take anything with us, you know, and all that. So when we are going, we won't take anything with us. But we can send it ahead. Yeah. That's the truth. God expect, when Jesus said, lay up treasure, he's saying, send it ahead. Because you're not going to take it with you at the, port, you know, at the point of exit. Yeah. And when you want to enter to the check access luggage. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you can't, you can't take material possessions with you. Um, I mean, we, we, we need to come to terms with that fully. You can't take it with you. So what Jesus suggests is that we should lay it up. Send it ahead. And in sending it ahead, what then happens is that you start to embrace multiple streams of blessings. They work together. You are obeying the commandment to send it ahead, to lay up treasure. But at the same time, what happens is that as you embrace that, you are actually creating opportunity for yourself to also engage multiple streams of blessings while you are here on earth. Is somebody still with me today? So that you're still here. So you can't take treasures with you, but you can send them ahead of you. You can send them ahead of you. You can send them ahead of you. Uh, um, many people who have lived very wonderful lives have proven to us that sending our treasures ahead of us and engaging the different avenues for giving not only make you more blessed on earth, it prepares a better place for you in the hereafter. Yeah, because if it has no connection with the hereafter, Jesus will not say, don't lay up treasures for yourself here. So we're going to look at the different ways by which we actually send it ahead. I think it's a good way to put this all together. So how we send it ahead. Yeah. Because in sending it ahead, we engage the multiple streams of blessings. Multiple streams of blessings. The past week, um, it will interest you to know if you're conversant, I mean, if you're uh, especially in the financial world and the international news, um, one great icon passed the last week, I think it was Monday last week, uh, his name is uh, David Rockefeller, the last of the Rockefeller uh, grandchildren. Yeah, David Rockefeller, uh, you know, at the beginning of this series, I spoke about John D. Rockefeller and what he said about Titan. He lived his life as a believer and he was a titan, one of the foremost American billionaires, one of the first American uh, uh, men to, 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 to bless the entire country and to demonstrate the purpose of wealth. And the, 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 the John D. Rockefeller Foundation is still alive and well today, doing great stuff around the world. Yeah, big stuff around the world. Now, David Rockefeller died on, on Monday at age 101. Yeah, he happened to be the grandson of John D. Rockefeller. So this is the son of John D. Rockefeller Jr. Yeah, in that lineage, you will see all sorts of things that shows that when a man uses his wealth well, and especially a tighter and an unapologetic one, for that matter, you remember the slide I put up in one of the messages where John D. Rockefeller said, I would never 
have been able to tithe my first million dollar income if I did not tithe my first income, which was a dollar fifty cent. Yeah. So you can imagine the kind of legacy this man left for his children. Yeah. Um, Standard Oil, which evolved into Exxon and Exxon Mobil now, they're the, the, the pioneers of that. Yeah, so they had a big stake in oil and gas, real estate, and different things. Big dynasty. Yeah. Some, I mean, one of the, uh, his sons, I think, was once American vice president. They produced many senators and governors within this, uh, this first two generations after him. The, 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 the generation of D. Rockefeller Jr. and David Rockefeller. David Rockefeller was uh, uh, the president of uh, Chase Manhattan, a very big investment bank. For many years, and ran it very well without any kind of scandal. He had his footprint in Africa. Was one of the first few people to visit Mandela after prison. Did a lot of philanthropic work around here. Also, one guy tweeted, you know, on Monday or Tuesday, which I retweeted. If you check my uh, uh, timeline, he said, David Rockefeller, in his lifetime, gave in total about nine hundred million dollars away. He said he lived for 101 years. He said it simply means that he gave about $24,000 every day that he lived. I did the calculation myself. It's very simple. 365 times 101 and divided by 900 million. It will give you $24,400 and something dollars. $423. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine that uh, every day that this man lived, you know, that tweet went viral because it just woke people up to the fact that, look, uh, um, uh, not everyone in the world is stingy. <laughs> yeah, some people are actually, and they met this thing at home. Why I'm dwelling on this is that we need to leave a legacy for our children because it's what they see us do that they would do. If they've never seen you tithe before, they will not tithe. If they've never seen you, you know, help anybody, it's difficult for them to want to do it. Yeah. Every uh, Boxing Day when we do our um, soup kitchen event, we encourage people in this church to come with their children to come and serve. I think I, I requested for some of the pictures from last year's uh, soup kitchen event. If you have it, can you put it up for me? Yeah. Last year's soup kitchen event. These, were, these are kids of church members that came and they were serving the, the, the less privileged kids with us. What, what we were trying to do is to put in their heart. We, that day, we, we, we had maybe about... I mean, like 500 kids or so. Yeah. Uh, that soup kitchen plus several adults and our own children were the ones serving them and blessing them. And we're reinforcing it in their heart. So Boxing Day of this year, if you're in town, let your children come. Let's demonstrate to them. You see, when you give them Jesus money, like we call it, when they're going to their church, if you are not doing it, do it. Not because the church needs that money, but because you want to teach them something. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. If, if, they, if they're not used to going to church with 100 naira, 200 naira or something, just to drop, when they start earning, it's alien to them. It's alien to them. It becomes alien to them that they don't know why they should give in church or pack their unused clothes and on their own decide that they want to give it out. And then you help them to take it somewhere or bring it to the care unit in church. And they... they, they they see, you know, that this thing is stored a way to give less privileged children. Oh, they go and give it themselves. Yeah. Because they may even know people in the neighborhood who need that. And they are able to. That's how we. Because you ask yourself, how can three generations impact our world so much? 
if not that something has been passed down from generation to generation and there's a mindset and grace and that wealth is preserved because it's covenanted are you still with me today yeah it's preserved because it's covenanted to god many people who are rich they just rich temporary rich men yeah because bible says wealth can develop wing and fly away that's when it's not covenanted to god they reach only towards themselves yeah. Wealth and money has become a god to them. Yeah. You see, this is the church where we will mesmerize the spirit of mammon. It will just run away. I hope you understand what I'm saying. When the devil knows that there are people here who can send money on errand anyhow, money does not move them to do evil, to do corruption, to do, you know, not, not, not so tight with money. That's what I'm saying. You know, one of the things that scares the devil the most is for a believer to be a worshiper and not just a worshiper singing, but to combine that art of worship to God with also art of giving. You are the kind of believer that the devil will be crying anytime he sees you. Because he loves worship and he loves for you to come to him. And he loves for people to be running errands for money rather than money running errands for them. Yeah, because he knows that it can be seriously distracted from God's agenda when that is in place. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Or say it better, amen. amen. All right? So, the blessing streams. The blessing streams. The first one is what we have flogged so much in this series, which is Titan. Two Sundays ago, I preached a message, the Lord's portion. I wanted to get it. It's on Titan. And so the, the first stream is Titan, first fruit, and offerings generally, if I can put it that way. Offerings generally. Some people don't know that it's unacceptable if you want to be a good financial steward, that it's what you give to God three years ago, five years ago, in a normal, regular service. If you, you just give 500 naira, 1,000 naira to God. As God progresses you and pushes you forward in life and blesses you, you should have a minimum offering level. Yeah, it's just a normal thing to do. To be able to say, look, at my level, I cannot be giving God, anytime I appear, I can't give God this kind of money. Yeah. Even if they just woke me up and said they're taking offering. It's an abomination for me to put 200 naira or 1,000 naira in the offering. It's an abomination. It has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a pastor or anything like that. Yeah. I, I have a minimum that I cannot go beyond. It has nothing to do whether I'm in our church or in another church, or whether the church is fine or not, or whether I like the pastor or not. If we are there to worship God, there's a minimum that I cannot go beyond. That's just to cultivate a culture around my heart for giving to God and honoring God. Giving to God and honoring God. So it's very important. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all of your increase. One translation says, honor the Lord with your wealth and um, the first and the best of everything that you get. The first and the best of everything that you get. Honor the Lord with your wealth. and with the, See, the word honor there uh, is the main thing. The issue is not the offering or the first fruit. Is the honor. Yeah. What, 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 you know, what is precipitating the action? The honor. The honor. People have asked questions about first fruit and all that. You know, that issue of Old Testament, New Testament always comes up. And I just tell people, you know what? You want to honor God, 
you just got a job and you want to give him your first fruit, do it. Don't get into any argument. If it's in your heart to do it, do it. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. You want to honor God, it's the first, you know, income that you got in a year or something. Or it's, or it's just the first kind of increase that you got. Honor him with it. Don't get into, do it without, you know, just ask him, how do you want me to go with it? Just, just do it. It's about the heart of honor, first and foremost. You see, when God leads us to do stuff like that, is to circumcise our heart against the spirit of mammon that is looking around the corner trying to hone our heart. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. The moment something looks too big for you to give to God, mammon is looking around. You know what, what God told Cain after he murdered his brother? <laughs> I, I mean, after he, no, before he murdered his brother. When Abel brought the first and the best, yeah, the fathers of the animals and, the, the, you know, and all that. And Cain brought something. And God warned Cain. He said, you know, you know the right thing to do, so do it. There's no unknowing what you have brought. And if you refuse to do it, it says sin is locking around the corner. And his desire is to have you, that he may destroy you. And that was what happened. Because the moment honor for God is taken out, all kinds of evil will start to come in. Into the thought life. That's why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. The love of money. The moment you cannot ask yourself, why do I even want this money? Is it to bless God and to be relevant in God's kingdom and to help other people or just to dominate other people? Evil is already locking around the corner to just hook the heart. Glory be to Jesus. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. So, tithes, first fruit, offerings. It's the first stream. Yeah, first stream. By the way, I'm, 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 I'm going to be praying, you know, consistently now in our services for people who honor God at a particular level. Yeah. People who honor God, for instance, with their tithe. When we take the offering, we, we pray for them specially. Because God honors a heart of honor. Yeah. We, we, do, we, we need to separate the boys from the men. With no apology. Yeah. Glory be to Jesus. Yeah. And it's not, it's not uh, any kind of recognition. Don't think about that. We're doing it because we want, we want to... Those who honor me, I will honor. That's what the scripture says. Yeah. And the elders that do well are worthy of double honor. So part of doing well in God's kingdom is that you are a good steward. And you should be celebrated for it. Are you still with me today? Yeah. You should be celebrated for it. Secondly, sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving. There's another stream of blessing. Sacrificial giving. Ask yourself a question this morning. When was the last time God moved my heart to give sacrificially? Yeah. When was the last time God moved my heart to give something sacrificially? I remember last year, um, was it last year? Yeah, last year during the Accelerate Conference when Pastor Matthew Ashimolo was here, uh, he asked, he prompted people and asked people to give. And some people felt you know, somehow about it. In fact, some people were almost at the level of asking, is it going away with the money? How can? Yeah. I hope you understand what I'm saying. How can? He, he raised, he told you to give to God, then how will you then go away with it? The money is here for, for us to use for the gospel. I hope you understand what I'm saying. People have all kinds of mindsets 
about when it comes to giving. The whole place is in disarray. In the mind. Mind running, racing everywhere. Yeah. And when God wants to bless, he prompts. Yeah. What, what, where we have issues is, which I've addressed earlier in some of the messages. What, what, what does the church do with the money? Yeah, get some of those messages and listen to them. Praise God. I mean, a brother walked up to me, I mean, sent me an email at the beginning of this series, and he said, you know what, I mean, he got into this church just a few months ago, uh, I mean, yeah, last year, and he said he has all kinds of testimonies that are traceable to giving, and he gave one. He said, during the Accelerate Conference, he said, the man of God said, we should sow a seed of completion. He said, I've never heard anything like that before, but it connected with my heart, and God said, we should do it. He said, my wife and I were sitting together, and... Uh, um, they had applied for their immigrant visa uh, to resettle in the U.S. because they have, um, I think they, his mom or something happened to be an American. They applied since 2005, over 10 years. He said, we just said, okay, if there's something like seed of completion, God complete this one. Yeah, that was June, since 2005. By first week of December or so, they got their settlement, everything. They left, I think, on uh, Boxing Day of 27th of December. I prayed with them here after Carol service. Yeah. And, you know, he said, so nobody can tell me that God did not accept my seat of completion and move on my behalf. I have his email. Yeah. I think his wife still sent me a message too, two days ago. They still email what service and do all that. So, it's just what you believe and what connects with your heart. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. What connects with your heart? And we need to just put our minds in the right gear. Yeah. Because when your mind is in the wrong gear, before somebody says anything, when it comes to money, you have already gone. And gone in the wrong direction because of lack of trust and us and lack of understanding and knowledge as to how to honor God and the multiple, you know, streams of blessing that God has created. So sacrificial giving. Is, is there in Acts of the Apostles, chapter 4, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5. Uh, um, you see how the spirit of generosity came into the church. It was strong. It was heavy. People were giving like they didn't have any life after, after service. Yeah, that was how they gave. The Bible says the owners of land, you know, sold it and brought it and laid it at the apostles' feet. One of the things I saw there was that for them to come and lay it at the apostles' feet, in those days where there were no bank or maybe serious recording, it meant that there was an exceptional level of trust within the church, in the early church. Yeah. I know development and the way pastors have been misbehaving has affected our heart, and God will help, uh, uh, you know, the pastoral class, truly and truly, but I, I will keep reiterating to you that you should be in a church where you can trust your pastors. If you don't trust me and the pastors of this church, it's better to just leave. No, that's the truth. Because it's going to hinder you from serving God the way you're supposed to serve God. Yeah. We have decided to posture ourselves as people that can be trusted. Uh, and we, 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 we can be very open about that. So, in, instead of you allowing the pastor to stand between you and your destiny, find a church where the pastor can, you can trust the pastor from your heart. And do the will of God fully and wholly. Yeah. You know what happens in a place where unity and harmony is pronounced? The move of God is strong. The Bible says, great, with great grace, the apostles gave witness to the gospel. 
and you know miracles and wonders it reminds you of psalm 133 the, uh, from verse 1 to 5 the bible says behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity he said it is compared to the oil that is poured upon aaron's head that flows down to his bed and down to his cat he said in that place god commands his blessings generosity provokes unity because what what does it do it brings everybody to a level of living where nobody goes to bed hungry yeah you can't be in a church like this where people give freely give generously and sacrificially and somebody will be going to bed hungry there's a minimum level that everybody will be able to participate in yeah even people that are not members of this church come every sunday to carry food uh, items and all that to go yeah we, we try to make you see what's the purpose of wealth a level of equality yeah to create a level playing ground when we really know the purpose of wealth we know it's not for personal aggrandizement is to create a level playing ground there's a minimum level that is that can is dehumanizing for people to live below that level i don't know if you understand what i'm saying where you know the purpose of wealth you know is to raise that level a bit so that everybody is at a level where you know that's what happened the bible says nobody lacked there because the people who had gave to the people who did not have yeah the the, the channel did there was trust between the clergy and the laity and they channeled it in such a way that people were blessed. The church was able to do great stuff in the community. And there was, the power of God was very strong. Miracles happening everywhere. Because God commands his blessing in the place of unity. Say amen somebody. Amen. Very, very important. Very important. Very, very important. Giving to the poor. It's another channel. Yeah. Which you have to do personally. As a church, we do it. So you have to do it personally. He that gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Bible says the Lord will repay him back. Proverbs 19 and 17. He that gives to the poor lends to the Lord, the Lord will repay him back. Yeah. You hear people like Bill Gates and very rich people saying, we're holding this money in trust for the poor people of the earth. Can you say that about yourself in the little that you have? That you're holding it in trust for the poor people of the earth. Yeah. So we need to understand that there's a blessing that comes you know, with extending a hand to the less privileged. Extending a hand to the poor. Glory be to Jesus. Next one is honoring your parents and caring for family. Yeah. We're talking about multiple streams of blessings. Some people are used to giving in a particular way. Just give your tithe and just when you have offering, give and that's all. I've tried. Yeah. But there are many multiple streams of blessings. That God wants us to engage. Honoring your parents and taking care of your family. Ephesians chapter uh, um, 6 and verse 1 and 2. Say, honor your father and your mother. You know, that your days may be long. This is the, 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 the first commandment with a blessing and all that. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's important. Yeah, honor your father and your mother. Verse 2 of Ephesians chapter 6. Which is the first commandment with, with a promise that... It may be well with you. That wellness is very important. That it may be well with you. Yeah. And that you may live long on the earth. It's extremely important that we understand that there's a blessing that is attached to paying attention out of honor from your heart to your parents and parent figures within the family. Yeah. And the Bible also says in, in, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse number 8, but if anyone does not provide for his own, 
And especially for those in his household, he has denied the faith and was an, an unbeliever, an infidel. So that's why I said, honoring your parents and taking care of your family. You know, there's some men who will spend extravagantly outside, you know, roll out champagne for the boys, you know, take all kinds of trips and do all kinds of stuff. But when it comes to home, it's 50K. And the wife will ask, what they say, is it not enough? You think I'm plucking money from the tree? But when you go to, when you go out, you, you behave as if you're plucking money from the tree. Yeah. But when you come home, it's a different case. The Bible says that kind of a man is worse than an infidel because you, you won't provide for your house. I read several translations of this. It says, it's talking about, first and foremost, your own family, nuclear family, and family in general. That's a blessing that comes from blessing family. Yeah. Blessing your own family. If you're a man, your wife, your children. If you're a woman, it's the same thing. You can also be a blessing to your spouse. Let's balance it out. And to the family. Some women, the man is the head, though. The man is the head. He's the head. He must do everything. Yeah. You have never contributed to anything to the welfare of this family. The man is the head. The man is the head. Where will your own blessing for, for family flow from? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just think about it from channels of blessing. And engage it from that point of view. Yeah. Because you, you can't be any money as a woman. And you have never put anything to the welfare of this family. It's just the man is the head. The man is the head. As if his own neck that carries the head. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. But I'm saying it from, get me straight. I'm saying it from the point of view of blessing. If you recognize it as a flow, a channel of blessing, ask yourself, am I also going to miss out completely from here? Because after your husband has given school fees, you give pocket money to that child. Yeah. There's nothing bad in that. Let your daughter or your son know that you too, you are taking something from your mommy. Take. Yeah. Don't say your, your, your father is your father. Just take. take. Just collect anything you like from me and go. God, and God will go with you. Because that's, that's the mindset of certain women. Just because uh, the man is the head. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So it's extremely important. Let's honor our parents and parent figures. Extremely important. That's a blessing. See, uh, in Genesis 27, Isaac said, I'm now weak. I'm about to die. I think verse 7 of Genesis 27. He called Esau. His firstborn. Go and prepare for me savory meat. Venison, King James calls it. That I may eat it and that I may bless you. In my language, there's a difference between praying and blessing. One is Adura. The other one is Isure. When your parents Isure for you, it's a different level. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Isaac did not say that I may eat it and pray for you. He said that I may eat it and bless you. But why is he asking for venison? It means that there's a part of a parent that you can touch with meeting their need. He said, the tiger that I love, I love this venison. Bring it. When you bring it, the blessing will be different. It will provoke something. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So just dealing with your parents anyhow, not minding their needs, not paying special attention, there's a, a blessing that is locked somewhere. If they die with it, your work will increase. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You have to labor more to get to a particular level. 
When Isaac released blessing over Jacob eventually, it catapulted Jacob to, you know, there are some things that you will never struggle for again in life. Glory be to Jesus. So it's extremely important. Um, the last one is prophet offering. So I know it's a very touchy one. But I'm going to speak to it all the same. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 6. As a round off. Let him that is taught in the word communicate with him that teaches in all good things. In all good things. Let him that is taught in the word communicate with him that teaches in all good things. Extremely important that you understand that when we talk about prophet offering or giving to a man of God or giving to a pastor, it's not because the pastors want money. Yeah. It's because it's a channel of blessing. If you don't embrace it, you have, you have blocked that channel. Simple. Don't forget we're talking about multiple streams of blessings. It's not about the pastor. It's about you. How many streams of blessing do you want to open up for yourself? It's that simple. Paul was very express about it. Let him that is taught in the word communicate with him that teaches in all good things. Yeah. Jesus also, you know, lent his voice to this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And said, whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water... In the name of a disciple, as surely I say to you, it shall by no means lose its reward. But this is where the, the, uh, the word prophet often came from. Because Jesus said, whoever receives a prophet, the name of a prophet, will have a reward. I have embraced many streams of blessings in my life, and it's showing. It's showing. It's showing. The blessing of God on, on my life cannot be quantified with money. So you may not see it in terms of money. Because, you know, because I, I mean, it doesn't show in, in terms of money. There's a blessing that's beyond money. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a blessing that's beyond money. And I always tell God, make me an example of what you are leading me to teach. Yeah. Make me an example of what you are leading me to teach. I give. In proportion to my income, and I'm not, I'm not even trying to be funny. In proportion to my income, when we make it proportionate, not many people in this church give at the level that I give. I'm serious. My income level may be less or more than yours, but I'm talking proportional. I don't joke with my type. Yeah. I'm so transparent about it to the point that I've committed it to my personal assistant. Yeah. I'm serious. Because sometimes when you create a structure around yourself, it helps you the more. Yeah. So my, my PA knows my minimum offering level. When we enter a service and I say package an offering for me, he knows what to put there. If we put anything less than that, he knows there's a problem. Will, I mean, there will be a problem. Yeah. He knows that when I'm going to see my pastor or anything like that, we can discuss it. So what, how much are we writing in the check? Because we don't appear empty. <laughs> it's a culture around me. Am I saying the truth? It's sitting there. Listen. It's, 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 it, I'm so transparent about it. And I'm, I use it to help myself. Yeah. Apart from my wife, anyone that is my personal assistant part time, when it comes to money, I operate freely with them. They carry my personal checkbook, my card, everything. Yeah. So I just need to give an instruction. And sometimes they prompt me, even when it looks like I'm forgetting, and ask how much. Yeah. 
right so and so i just sign it's a structure that is around me yeah i give to my pastor on a monthly basis there's no yeah that one is direct transfer yeah and it's my money not the money of this church I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So, everything that we teach, we have embraced it. We are seeing the blessing. We are seeing the blessing. I, I, it's not... Not all pastors give. Yeah. But when a pastor is giving, you see it. It shows in the pastor's life. It shows in the congregation. It shows everywhere. Because the anointing flows from the head. Yeah. So everything that we have taught this month has been, have been things that I've been striving for all my life. And getting higher and higher in doing them and in living up to expectations. So if you are a son or daughter of this house, indeed, this is how to embrace money and material possession. To be faithful to God and to be faithful to his expectations over your life. To be a faithful giver. The one that the Bible says we are bound with blessings. In Matthew 26, a woman approached Jesus and wasted her possession on Jesus, just Jesus. And many times I read that, I tell God, just direct me, help me. I want to be, you know, I want to be able to touch your heart. That it's possible to touch the heart of God by touching the life of a man. Jesus said, this woman, he said, they said, we could have sold this thing and, and um, give it to the poor. This uh, um, perfume is too expensive. Jesus said, the poor you have with you all the time. He was saying that, look, that's a channel. You have that channel with you. This woman engaged this channel. Allow her. For the, they said she has prepared me for my barrier if you look into that very carefully what Jesus was saying was that this woman is making it easy for me to fulfill my destiny because I came here to die yeah this, this is the kind of appreciation that makes me to want to hasten to fulfill destiny and not to think that my life has been wasted that's what Jesus was saying this, because they weren't going to bury him at that time but he said this woman has done this to prepare me for my barrier yeah because he knew that in no distant time from then, it was going to pass. But this is like celebration of his life. The woman just opened this expensive box of alabaster and just wasted it on him. Just for him. him. Glory be to Jesus. I said glory be to Jesus. Look at your neighbor for me and tell your neighbor, be a faithful steward. Be a giver. Embrace the multiple streams of blessings and see the hand of God come upon your life. Lift your hand to Jesus this morning and just bless him and just ask him today, Lord, help me to deal with the spirit of mammon that it will not have its way in my life. Money is not my God. Material things cannot be my God. I am your child and I will serve you with my wealth. I will embrace all the multiple streams of blessings. I will honor you. And I will not dishonor you with my wealth. I will be rich towards you. I will lay up treasures in heaven.
because I know I can't take it with me. I will lay up treasures in heaven. I will follow you sacrificially. I will go on the Abrahamic dimension. There's nothing that I have that I cannot give to you. There's nothing that I have that I cannot give to you. There's nothing that I have that I cannot give to you. I will go on the dimension of Abraham. Abraham's blessings are mine. I decree today that I'm a child of Abraham. And I will praise at the level of Abraham. So Lord, you can trust me to receive sacrifices from time to time. You can trust me that sacrifices, burnt offerings, will leave this life to you. I will send you send it ahead. Because my heart is in your kingdom, so my treasure has to be in your kingdom. Somebody receive grace this morning. 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 Father, we thank you. Receive grace this morning. Glory be to Jesus. Lift your two hands with me. Lift your two hands with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. I receive grace over every listener this morning, everyone watching on the internet, everyone here live, and everyone that will uh, still watch and listen to this message on the media. We receive grace over everyone. And we ask everlasting Father that you give us revelation knowledge from your heart to our heart. Beyond the word of the preacher, reveal to everyone how you want us to live in your kingdom. Help us to understand your perspective to money and material possession. Let them not rule our lives. Make us and help us to be faithful stewards of your grace. We thank you, our Father. We thank you, our Father. And Lord, in this same spirit, I pray for anyone here this morning who may be going through serious trouble and serious challenge financially. I ask that you reveal to them what they need to do to open up to a new level of provision. You said that the gospel when prayed to the poor releases them into abundance. Let revelation knowledge come into the heart of everyone. Spirit of God, we commit our hearts to you. As many whose hearts are open, we ask that you minister to us in your own way on how you want us to go about administering our resources. We thank you, our Father. Thank you for divine help. For that one person here who has been a faithful giver, but yet still experiences a delay in provision. I ask that the heavens be opened over their lives. Bring them into a new season. We thank you, our Father. We give you praise. In the precious name of Jesus. See with all this bow.